0: Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Yourself podcast. Today's episode is Fascist States of America, Take Two. Now, as always, I tend to be offensive. Why? Because I am a dick. That's all you need to know. So, if you're easily offended, just turn up the volume, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, some of you may be wondering why today's episode is on the fascist states of America. As I stated, it's take two. Yes, I've done one before. However, certain things have been going on, and I figured it's probably about time to talk about it. That being said, I do apologize also for being kind of off the air for a while. Some of you may have found it a relief. Some of you may have found it annoying. I don't care fact is, I've got my own life, I've had some issues going on lately, and I had to take care of it, which kind of took me off. Either way, today's episode, Fascist States of America. Why? Well, if you remember, back when I did the episode, Biden's Build-A-Bear Better Plan, it had a uh, sort of... Well, not even an earmark. It was pretty much blatant. They wanted to increase the IRS by about 80,000 agents and monitor $600 transactions. According to them, the excuse as to why they wanted to monitor $600 transactions through applications such as PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, as well as just banking information, Their excuse being that uh, a lot of big companies haven't been paying their fair share, and it's about time that they do. Well, several problems with that statement. One, let's just throw it out there. Corporations pay their fair share. The top 0.1%, not even the 1%, but 0.1%, Pay 20% of all revenue generated by the federal government in taxes. That's one tenth of the top one tier percent that pay 20% of all taxes generated or collected, I should say, by the federal government. And now apparently we need 87,000 more IRS agents. To pretty much do this job. The interesting part to this is that aside from the 87,000 agents. Well, probably within this 87,000 new agents that are being added to the IRS. About half, maybe even more of the budget still speculated but at least half the budget is supposed that it's going towards the IRS is supposed to be paid out towards creating a law enforcement division within this department. Now, the interesting part to this is that they basically have a law enforcement division. It's known as the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, which generally works in correlation with the IRS through the treasury department however we are to believe they need a law enforcement agency within this agency that carries firearms is qualified to carry firearms and also has a license to kill which brings me right to the whole concept of fascist states of America since when has it ever been policy that we have people with a license to kill just to collect taxes and conduct audits? When? I, it, it baffles my brain here for a minute because I look at local law enforcement, your local police departments. They don't have a license to kill. They're governed under what is known as a use-of-force policy, which stipulates that no excessive force at any time is authorized. Therefore, they do not have a license to kill. Because basically, a license to kill means you could just basically kill somebody for no reason. Other than basic, uh, because it just hinders your job but we're talking about taxes we're not talking about somebody like James Bond and in terms of your local police departments they have to abide by a use of force policy that stipulates if you kill somebody the only way you are authorized to kill somebody is if three elements are all available in that situation those three elements being of the deadly for or deadly or use, deadly use of force policy which you have they have a weapon two they intend to use that weapon and three they have the opportunity to use that weapon all in which to cause harm to others including themselves That is the only time a police officer or sergeant or whatever is authorized to kill another human being. They don't have the license to kill that, well, the guy's running, I need to detain him, I'll shoot him. That's not how it works. If a cop pulls a trigger and kills somebody, they are liable. They have to prove that the deadly force, Deadly use of force triangle was there, meaning that person had a weapon on their possession. That person had the opportunity to use that weapon to hurt others, and the person showed intent to use that weapon on others. If one of those three is not there, they cannot proceed with deadly use of force. A license to kill completely bypasses all of that shit. So please tell me, when have we needed an IRS agent to collect taxes or conduct an audit to have a license to kill? It's stupid. And it is a fascist move. All of you out there that have a problem with firearms saying that they create a hostile environment. What the fuck do you think is happening as they're conducting an audit and they're strapped with a gun and you know that they have the license to fucking shoot your ass? Oh, says here you owe us $50,000. Okay, well how do I make out the check? Ah, it's a little late for that. We're just going to have to kill you. Bullshit. It's a fascist move. And don't tell me it's not. Oh, well, they're doing this to basically find people that are violating tax codes. <clears throat> Folks, this $600 transaction monitoring that they're talking about, well, $600 or more. But let's, let's honestly cut through this and say what it is. It is a ten, it's an attack on the middle class. It is an attack on people that cannot afford tax attorneys to fight for what is basically rightfully theirs. Okay, $600 transactions are not made by major corporations to evade taxes. This whole concept of, oh, we're doing this to find people that are cheating on their taxes. Bullshit. Walmart and Target, Amazon, all those people, the same people that you only allowed to be open during COVID, mind you, those people don't use $600 transactions to hide taxes somewhere. Those people are basically using hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars if they're going to be hiding taxes. You don't believe me, look up Vegas history. Look it up. The whole mastermind behind the skim was basically moving hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars and pushing a skim to where people wouldn't notice. Granted, nobody was actually in the cage to actually see the skim happening. But small amounts out of a huge chunk of the day's take was in turn used to do the skim. In other words, they would count up to millions of dollars and then have a suitcase on the side with maybe about $150,000, $100,000 and walk out with it. That's how it was done. Not $600 transactions. Those types of transactions are done between small businesses as well as commerce between the consumer And small businesses. That is a blatant attack on middle class America. Small businesses are the front runner of the middle class. Plain and simple. This is a bullshit fascist move. And, I mean, you can sit there and say, oh, no, it's not. But really, it is. Just call it what it is. Okay? Okay. Quit making freaking excuses and actually call it what it is. Now, I know a lot of people are sitting there trying to look at everything and go, oh, well, you know, justify it all. There is no justification. You go back to COVID, who was shut down? Small businesses, local businesses. People were out of work that were hired by these businesses majority of businesses in terms of what creates the middle class are small and local businesses. They are not Walmart, Target, Home Depot, and Amazon, which were the only ones that were open. And yeah, I'm pointing to the fact that the Democrat Party, who largely shut down the entire economy, which practically destroyed all of these businesses within the process, is really been an attack on the middle class. Now we're looking at a $600 transaction as being a threat to cheating the tax code. Give me a break. Nobody's going to be cheating on. I mean, there's no way you can hide it at something that small. It's like a nickel transaction. How are you going to skim even at a penny somebody's going to know. It's ...and a blatant attack on the middle class. And this has been something that's been very pattern-like with the Democrat Party. It's partially, even though I'm Libertarian and don't care for both sides... ...I definitely don't care much for the Democrats because they're lying pieces of shit and hypocrites. At least the Republicans, I know where they stand. But the Democrats try to claim out there that they all work for the middle class worker... We are for union labor. We are for the labor, uh, the local labor unions. Bullshit. They're not. I've lived in Vegas since 1985. It's a right-to-work state. It has always been a right-to-work state. And yet, Harry Reid, a uh, piece of shit if you ask me, considering that the guy back when he was the chairman of the uh, Nevada Gaming Commission was really nothing more than a freaking mafia stooge-turned-weasel once the heat was pressed on him by the FBI. Um, Basically, this guy was, uh, for the past 20 years, uh, minus the times that the fuckhead was dead, um, he was pretty much the most important senator in the United States Senate. And you would think that, being that he represented Nevada, if he was such a huge friend of labor... Such a huge friend, as he would claim. And such a supporter of union labor. And the middle class. Why the fuck are we still a right-to-work state? Why did he not, even as the majority leader during the Obama years, why didn't he ever put pressure on Nevada state legislature to appeal the position of this state being a right-to-work state? Now, as a libertarian, I can care less one way or the other, but if you're going to fucking say that you are a friend of labor, Uh, you are a friend of the middle-class working man. Uh, No, you're not. Not once did he ever come out to say we need to change our law of being a right-to-work state. And not a single person in the state of Nevada can also sit there and discredit me on what I just said because they fucking know it. This senator never once lifted a finger to change our status as a right-to-work state. So for him to say that he was a friend of labor, he could suck a dick on his deathbed as far as I'm concerned. Chances are he probably already has. Of course, he's dead, so we'll never know. Fuck it. Anyways, the fact of the matter, the rest of the Democrat Party is no different than Harry Reid was. Part of the problem being is that they go from this whole freaking Bible of the Communist Manifesto by Marx and Engel. Now, I know some of you basically oh, well, that's communist, we, we really need to be talking about that. Yeah, actually we do. If we're going to be talking about labor and the middle class man, and also how fascist this country has been slowly going towards, we might as well talk about it. Why? Because we have an entire party known as the Democrat Party, also facilitated by the liberal left, They basically look at that manifesto as the freaking blueprint to all of their policies. And if you look at what's going on, it's not that hard to look at it as seeing the connections that are there. The problem being is that it's obsolete. Ever since the Industrial Revolution, that manifesto has become obsolete because the very premise behind why they wrote it was because no middle class ever existed. At that point in time, you were either wealthy or you were rich. The problem being is that 1% of the population was rich. The other 99% was basically taken in the ass. Now, why did the Industrial Revolution make it obsolete? Well, the fact is because of the Industrial Revolution, we now had a middle class. We actually had something to stand upon. There was no purpose behind the manifesto as a war cry. Granted, the Soviet Union probably tried to use it more so. But the fact of the matter is, they're going on a policy that is based on a blueprint that no longer has any relevance to the economic status that we are currently in. Well, maybe now with the bullshit that Biden's pulling, but that's besides the point. We have a middle class. We have the capability of maintaining a strong middle class. But by going off this blueprint with the way our economic infrastructure is uh, situated, or I should say facilitated in means of commerce globally as well as here locally, there is no need to be going off of that book or manifesto. It is irrelevant and obsolete. Plain and fucking simple. But apparently they know better than us because we are stupid. And here's the thing. In terms of how much they are really going for this crap. And uh, some of you may be looking at this and, oh, this is just a little bit... uh, this is probably a little bit out there for one of the Fox rants. And, uh, well, yeah, you're probably were right. But let's just look at the facts. A $600 transaction uh, monitor, you know, limit in terms of monitoring. Um, for those of us who have lived in Vegas, a lot of us may know how in order to create more revenue, see, you know, if you look at some of these small-time jackpots, they're roughly at about $1,199.99. Well, there was about a small time ago that they tried to decrease it down to 600 And the casino said, oh, fuck no. Because that would hurt their industry. Mainly because nobody would be trying on the small-time jackpots with the slot machines. Kind of coincidental that the federal government would be using the same status in terms of monitoring for uh, tax purposes. Now, I mean, as it currently stands, $1,199.99 is basically the best jackpot you're going to get without having to claim anything in taxes. However, with this new move of a $600 transaction being monitored by the IRS, well, a $600 jackpot is probably most likely within the future of what is capable of being taxed. Meaning, those jackpots are going to dwindle down to $599.99. So, fuck us, right? There are a number of things to consider here. One, the federal government has absolutely no business meddling in our financial transactions I understand that they need to collect revenue but there has been a proven process in collecting this revenue why we need 87,000 more agents let alone a limit at $600 and anything beyond that well that's going to be monitored I'm sorry, but that is a fascist move. The other thing you could look at too, a typical AR-15, just a standard Model 223 variant, semi-automatic, not fully automatic, semi-automatic, is going to run you about $600. And I bring this up because, well... A lot of us know how much the Democrats just love going after guns. Most of you also know I fucking love guns. But here's the thing. As of recent, federal government's been using a little bit of, uh, well, let's move stuff over here, let's move stuff over there, and it's starting to question whether or not Biden administration is trying to compile a federal gun registry by circumventing the Constitution. And for those of you who don't know, federal law actually prohibits the government from establishing a database of information that would comprise a gun registry for a number of reasons. One, obviously, it violates the Second Amendment. Two, it would have to contain personal identifiable information that is basically sensitive information and can be used by identity fraud as well as by the federal government in uses that is primarily unconstitutional, again, even by means of the Fourth Amendment. In terms of illegal search and seizures which most of you said that well that applies to property no that actually applies to information as well as we've been seeing with Trump lately now as I said the federal law prohibits the government from establishing a database so when I say the government I'm talking about the federal government state governments can use a process that can create a database however again it's very iffy as to what they can or cannot do. So, for some of you, you're probably asking, okay, well, what's the deal here? How is this being done? Well, this is how it's actually being done. Uh, basically, in years ending 2 and 7, the Department of Commerce sends out what is referred to as a Commodity Flow Survey. Now, this survey is used to gain information on numerous goods, services, and it's sold or traded in the commercial marketplace and randomly selected as to who receives it. Now, according to the Census Bureau website, it creates data files with all personal identifiable information removed to ensure, as I said, confidentiality because this sort of information is, in fact, sensitive. Even such that even the federal government, while they have it, they're not necessarily given off, you know, authority to just sit there and read it at a win. It's sort of like confidential or classified information or top secret information. Uh, you may have a certain classification that allows you to read certain materials that are within the same classification. But unless you have a need to know, people are going to tell you to go suck one. Now, this information... Users analyze and extract and customize and publish the the statistics that come of this information. Now, you might ask, okay, who is this information kept from? Well, those are users that read the survey after it has been published, meaning the federal government. The federal government, however, has access to all of the information. So why would you say... Why does it matter? What is exactly the information that is being sought? Now, according to a person by the name of Eric Erickson, what they're looking for, any of the following. That being a shipment ID number, a shipment date, the month of the day, not the year, and the value of the shipment as well as the weight of the shipment the commodity code however for standard classification of transported goods which is a list from the department of commerce the commodity description a hazmat number if it applies and the modes of transportation by which it was transported as well as the city and country if it's a foreign destination how it was transported abroad so on and so on there's a lot of information um Now, granted, in terms of shipment, uh, the physical address is not, but the city, state, and zip code are, in fact, on the information that is being looked at. So what does that mean in terms of the so-called registry standpoint? Well, as I said, what it looks like is that the administration may, in fact, be trying to circumvent the Constitution in creating sort of a makeshift database. Uh, this year's survey was sent to a number, in fact, of gun accessory manufacturers. Uh, in fact, enough to the point to where it actually became somewhat alarming to a lot of people. Uh, more specifically, holster manufacturers, if you believe that or not. Now, the reason why, you know, you probably said, well, who gives a fuck about holster manufacturers? Well, let me put it to you this way. If you own a car and you buy four tires, are you going to buy four tires if you don't own a car? Or are you going to buy four tires because you do own a car? Well, the same thing applies to a gun holster. Nobody's going to buy a holster If they don't own a gun or don't have the intent on buying a gun, there's no point to it. It's like buying a bunch of CDs, but you have nothing to play the CDs with. Why? There is no point. So, while they aren't collecting names and exact addresses, they are potentially creating what is more or less considered like a heat map of locations around the country where these... Accessories are being purchased. Now, as I said, I know for some of you this may sound like a conspiracy theory. But honestly, think about this for a second. Why are they looking at this? I mean, if they're looking at what this information is supposed to be compiled for, as they say it is, why are they going with this survey asking for gun manufacturers, gun stores, and even, for the most part, holster manufacturers. There's a plethora of other industry that could be surveyed here, and yet this seemed to be their target. As I said, I mean, people don't typically buy accessories if they do not have a weapon for them to be accessorized with. And that's what's baffling people right now. Uh, according to AMOland, some of the companies that they have spoken with acknowledge that they received the survey but will not be responding. Now, here's the interesting part, and this is why I say this is really drawing the line here. Uh, according to the uh, survey... Any refusal can lead to a fine of $5,000, according to the survey website. But these particular companies, as I said, they're not going to pay into, you know, they'll pay, they're willing to pay the fine. But here's the thing what about the people that aren't willing to pay the fine? So many of these companies that received the survey are willing to be fined for $5,000. However, If you look at the law, the statutory limit on fines is $500. So one of the questions you might be asking is, is this a typo? Or was this perfectly staged to pretty much bully some of the small-time local and small business owners into taking this survey or being fined out of pocket? This is why I say this is an attack on middle-class America and primarily the small businesses within middle-class America. Look around, folks. Small businesses are closing left and right. Not necessarily because they're losing clientele due to some economic move to the point where people would rather shop at Walmart or Target it's because they've basically been shut down. At no point of their own, really. Um, I mean, you. I, I use COVID as a perfect example because being from Las Vegas, I remember hearing the public outcry across the nation when Mayor Goodman said that she was going to open up Las Vegas City. She had enough and she said that the small businesses within Vegas needed to be open again or they were going to go under. And believe it or not, I've looked around, folks, even in my parents' neighborhood where I used to grow up about 20 years ago or you know 20, 25 years ago. Uh businesses that I remembered that were there are gone. New businesses came in, and I get that. But the thing is is that you have a lot of businesses that were hurting she wanted to open it up so that the businesses could be back in business and being able to provide and survive. Now, when I go to the whole concept of public outcry, uh, these were ignorant assholes, including uh, people that I had worked with. They said, holy shit, she's going to open up Vegas and they are going to just have a bunch of casinos open. No, it wasn't going to open up casinos. It was opening up small businesses and businesses in general in the Vegas area. And why that's important to understand, the key word being Las Vegas, is because most of these ignorant assholes out there look at Vegas as being the Vegas Valley, which includes the Strip. And that's not actually the case. So allow me to educate your dumbass. The Vegas Valley is encompassed by four cities. Henderson, which also includes Green Valley, they have a mayor. That makes them a city. North Las Vegas also has a mayor. That again makes them a city separate of Henderson, as well as the city of Las Vegas, who happened to have their own mayor, which was Mayor Goodman. The Strip, however, does not fall on any of these three cities. The Strip actually falls upon an unincorporated city known as Paradise, which does not even have a mayor, but a Paradise Advisory Board, which is appointed by, get this, the casinos on the Strip. And the unincorporated city of Paradise is not governed by the Vegas Valley area, but instead the Clark County District Authority. So, Mayor Goodman wasn't opening the casinos. She was opening her city so that the businesses could actually survive. Meanwhile, you had everybody across the nation, and sadly enough, even some of my own friends who, quite frankly, were, uh, I'm just going to say it, uneducated to how you know the Vegas area, especially Clark County and even Nevada State, operates. These people basically were telling bullshit lies as though she was opening up the casinos, which wasn't the case. But again, I ask you, What was the whole measures behind, or what were the measures behind the COVID virus other than to attack middle-class America? Most people, well, it was a pandemic. Take your head out of your ass, folks. That was a blatant attack on middle-class America and small businesses alike. If it wasn't, then why the hell did we have Target, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, and a bunch of other big corporations, including Jeff Bezos, cue ball ass, running Amazon still, even though everybody was supposed to be shut down. Now, you want to sit there and say, well, we needed something open. Well, let me ask you this. If we really had a pandemic, which I had plenty of talk on that on several episodes in the past as to what I thought about not only the measures, but the so-called pandemic, The fact of the matter is, are you more likely to catch something if you're walking around with multiple choices to go to in terms of day-to-day routine business, or are you more likely to catch something during a pandemic going into one of five to eight places that are fucking open? Now, if you're still thinking about this after the five seconds that I let lag there, you're a fucking retard. But, you know, moving on. Now, the other thing that I look at in terms of why this is a fascist nation, and I spoke about um, something that, thankfully, was curtailed really quickly, being the... uh, Bureau of Misinformation. um, Which I, you know, like I said, if you want, by all means, listen to that one. It's uh, just fascist states of America, this one being take two. I explained my opinion quite clear in that one. However, one thing that I can no longer ignore is this Trump bullshit. Seriously, I, I found him amusing And um, that was pretty much about it. I mean, be honest, nothing he really did affected me one way or the other. I do remember there was a government shutdown, or partial one, but that really wasn't him that I was looking at, but more so Senator Schumer, because he couldn't keep his fucking mouth shut when they were talking about, well, paying some of us that were working in the Department of Homeland Security. And, of course, uh, Schumer's dumbass decided to pipe up and basically say something that pretty much shot down the whole thing. And, normally, I don't give a shit. If it affects me, whatever, I'll fucking move on. But then, when you start doing something that's going to affect the rest of my family, yeah, we have a a serious fucking problem at that point. Such as your name going on a certain list in terms of uh, don't ever get within arm's reach distance of me at that point. That being said, Trump. Like I said, I could fucking care less. One thing I do care about, however, is looking at another person's uh, situation and seeing how it could possibly apply to me. And why I have this issue is because at a time early on last year, Trump cooperated with a subpoena in which there were about 15 cases of documents seized by the federal government. Whatever. However, now, uh, our United States Attorney General, Uh, basically a fucking reject of the Supreme Court. Uh, I think it was Melkin. Garland Melkin, I think, is his dumbass name. Well, he decided to basically obtain a no-knock warrant and use the FBI to facilitate this warrant into going after some more shit in Trump's private home reason I have a question to this is because, well, if a former president of the United States is capable of having the FBI weaponized against him by a party that is pretty much <laughs> proven to me that they're just hell-bent on finding anything that they possibly can on this guy. What's that mean for people like me? Seriously. I mean, I, not that I can necessarily create enough powerful enemies, but still, the fact of the matter is, if a former president of the United States can actually have the FBI weaponized against him or her, what's that mean for people like us? The reason I'm bringing this up is because apparently Melkin decided to fucking milk the truth and lie. And he did so when he basically confronted the press and said, well, we took the lowest-level approach possible, which is bullshit. As I said, former President Trump had, in fact, cooperated with a subpoena, a subpoena being the lowest-level of approach. A no-knock warrant, on the other hand, means that the law enforcement authority that is serving the warrant does not even need to make their presence necessarily known, other than blasting the front door down, throwing a couple of blast grenades or flashbangs, and then coming in with guns hot. And then somebody from the back view comes up forward, serves you the warrant, tells you to get the fuck out, Well, they look for whatever they need to find. The other issue that comes to play here is based off the Fourth Amendment in terms of search and seizures, meaning with the warrant that is being served, and anybody can look this up if you honestly want to question me. I really don't give a shit. But uh, when a warrant is to be served, it is to be served with a detailed description as to what it is that you are searching for. You don't just get to go in on a blanket statement and just fucking tear the house to holy shit looking for whatever you want. You have to be specifically looking for something because on the application for the warrant, it has to state exactly why you have probable cause to have to search this person's house. Meaning, that probable cause better be accompanied by something that it is that you are looking for. So, why was there nothing on the warrant? Why are they not telling us why there was anything on the warrant? Better yet, if our piece of shit United States Attorney General was so transparent, why the fuck does he not just show us the application? that would actually give a statement of probable cause as to also what it was that they were looking for in the first place. You know, forget the goddamn no-knock warrant. What was on the application for it? Who signed for it? But of course, no, they're not going to tell us. Because that's exactly what fascists do. They don't want you to know. They don't want you to know what it is they're looking for, especially when it, they're not necessarily looking for anything specific to begin with. Now, the rumor, according to a so-called leak, which let's be fair, the Trump administration had a bunch of leaks in the White House. So a lot of people are going off that as being news. Well, let's look at it this way. The leak in the current leak in the White House as it pertains to this is that somebody in the National Archives got their panties in an uproar and screamed over, apparently, a missing personal letter that was written by then-Barack Obama as president to the incoming president, Donald Trump, during the transition of power. Supposedly, a personal letter is why Malcolm... Felt, or felt compelled to obtain a no-knock warrant which is basically the most extreme level approach you can possibly take and ignore the whole thing with the freaking January 6th folks I mean I could sit here and talk about that one for hours but in this case a no-knock warrant for a fucking letter are you fucking kidding me That's just about as bad as giving the IRS a fucking license to kill in order to collect taxes. Are you out of your fucking minds? I mean, folks, I get it. Nobody wants to say the word fascist alongside referring to the United States of America. But look at what's going on. The $600 transaction monitoring, isn't it convenient that the $600 is basically the same level of money at a limit to what they wanted to tax back when originally it was $1,199? It's also quite convenient that it's basically the cost of a standard 223 variant of an ar-15 that is a semi-automatic rifle speaking of which folks those of you claiming that it's a weapon of war need to find a new goddamn argument because the military is transitioning already and quite frankly most of their rifles that are being used in the army and even in the marine corps now are a sig variant of the 223 semi-automatic rifle meaning They're not using the M16, you dumbasses. If you could sit there and say that a Henry repeating rifle that was used during times of war in the past is no longer a weapon of war because it's not used by the military, same with the M1 Grand or the Springfield rifle or even the Thompson semi-auto, or the uh, Thompson uh, carbine, which you you find in semi or full auto. That's not a weapon of war, even though they used it during World War II. <clears throat> but, uh, well, M16 apparently is no longer a weapon of war, folks. Meaning the AR-15 is not a civilian variant of a weapon of war. It is simply a 2-2-3 rifle. That is semi-automatic. That's it. But, uh, no. You look at everything that is going on, and I could probably go on even longer, but I'm afraid I'm probably going to have to cut this short. There is a lot going on right now that should be scaring the shit out of you. I mean, shit. The fact that China owns 40% of the properties on the Strip right now and actually because of their ownership of those properties gives them a say into who's appointed to the advisory board that actually coexists with the Clark County District Authority, that actually scares me because now that means a foreign entity now has a say in the financial ongoings here in the Clark County area. Let alone the fact that they actually have a say in Nevada politics. Which, uh, last time I checked, I thought foreign entities weren't allowed to have that say. But apparently, we're just selling it off. But seriously, look around, folks. You may look at it as, oh, that's a Trump problem, or that's just a rich man's problem. No, folks. If they can go after Trump, if they can go after the rich ones... They can go after you with the same shit. So, seriously, start paying attention. And think to yourself. I mean, these are fascist bullying tactics, folks. This is not something to scoff at. This is what I used to say in my defense of the Second Amendment. Whether you want to have a gun or you don't want to have a gun is irrelevant. The fact that you can have a gun is what you should be thinking about. Just like with the freedom of speech. There are plenty of countries out there that exist without it. So why do we exist with it? If it's something that, well, we don't need it, well, then why do we have it? It's because we fucking want it. That's why. That's why we have it. It's because if we ever feel the need or want or desire to do it, we can. As long as it's not violating somebody else's right. And yeah, for those of you sitting there complaining, Oh, well, people with guns can kill other people. That violates my right to live. We have laws against that shit, folks. Take your goddamn heads out of your ass. The bottom line is that we shouldn't even be doing this shit. We shouldn't be having 87,000 new IRS agents armed with the license to kill. To collect fucking taxes. There was a country that did that not too long ago. It was called the Soviet Union. They actually killed people for not paying their goddamn taxes. So, seriously, pay attention. Think about what these decisions are and how they affect you. Not just Trump, not just rich people, but you, common people. That's all I got to say today. I think I'm going to drink. So, go fox yourself. Have a good night. And uh, I'll try and keep this going more regular. I apologize, but hey, uh, there's only so much apology I can give you, folks. Mainly because eh, sometimes life kicks in, so I got to take care of it. But otherwise, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I'm out.